series on our mission statement. And if you're new with us here at Bethel and you don't know our mission statement, it's on the wall in between the two restrooms. Um, But it began a couple of weeks ago with exalt and how as a community we exalt the Lord, right? We exalt him. We lift high his name. Then we looked at the fact that we as a community encourage Right? We encourage one another. We're here to lift each other up, to cheer each other on, to believe as a community in what the Lord has for all of us. And then this week is equip. We're going to talk about how we are equipped as the body of Christ. And so that third E in our mission statement says this, equipping the body of Christ to minister effectively to others. Equipping the body of Christ to minister effectively to others. It's so important in this day and age that we are a well-equipped people, right? It's massively important, especially for a church like Bethel that believes in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It makes it all the more important that we understand that we are a well-equipped people. Because we live in a day and a time where people are questioning everything. We live in a day and a time where people are deconstructing everything. And if we aren't well-equipped, if we aren't able to stand on the foundation that is the Lord, and the word, and the life of Christ, and the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, if we're not able to speak well to what we believe, and why we believe it, we will suffer in this world. It will be all the more difficult if someone comes to you and is like, well, why do you believe this? If you aren't well equipped, and you have difficulty in answering that question, Right? It doesn't then lead them to a more firm foundation. What does it do? It gives them solidity in believing right, their right to question those things. But if we are a well-equipped people, if people come to us and ask questions on why we believe what we believe and we're able to speak to that and to point them to Scripture and to <clears throat> see Scripture enhanced from our personal walks with the Lord, it then helps people to be equipped, right? Like I don't go to like build something or, or to do something without first making sure I have the tools necessary for the job. <clears throat> this weekend we got our daughter this little bird and this bird repeats everything you say to it It is unbelievably annoying (laughs) because as the five of us are riding around in a vehicle, she would push the button and tell the bird things and then would, you know, hold it. And then the bird would repeat all the things that she had said, right? So not only would uh, her sister hear her say, you're annoying me, she would record it on the bird. And then afterwards, the bird would say, you're annoying me, (laughs) right? Like... When we got this simple little bird that I had no idea was going to be such a thing for our daughter at the store, I didn't realize that the bird didn't come equipped. 
right? It didn't come with batteries already in it. And so we got in the car and we were like, oh, this takes batteries, right? Luckily, I keep a large supply of double and triple A batteries at our house because every kid's toy needs batteries, right? And I have a number of different screwdrivers that are super tiny because the little screws that they put in kids' things, right? Like, y'all know what I'm talking about? They're so small that you have to get in there with this tiny little tool to, like, open up the compartment for the batteries to go in, right? So I have, like, really nice batteries, and I, I gave them to... Uh, Quinn for this bird. And my father-in-law looked at me and he goes, you should stop buying nice batteries. And I go, why? Why wouldn't I buy nice batteries? He goes, because if you buy the cheap ones, it'll die faster and you won't have to put up with that. (laughs) And I was like, that's wisdom speaking, right? Like that's experience speaking, right? (laughs) It was important to my daughter that we had what it took, right, for that little thing to work. If we hadn't, she would have been brokenhearted and disappointed. And I genuinely believe in the church today, there are so many believers that walk around in a place of disappointment because they don't realize they're not being equipped. They're going in and out of church and they're wondering why their lives aren't changing. They're wondering why they're not growing. They're wondering why they have all of these questions. And it boils down to the day and age that we live in and the fact that people are being poorly equipped. They're hearing the same stuff over and over and over and over and over again. And in large part, it's not answering the questions that they have in their heart. I don't want that to be Bethel. As a community, I want us to be a well-equipped people. And so we're going to look at three areas of equipping this morning together. Number one is equipping from the church, right? When you come into corporate gathering in the church, you should be equipped, That's the role of church. Now, please understand, as we get ready to look at Scripture together, it's important to know, right, that that equipping that comes within the church is for you to then go out and do something with the equipping you've received, right? It's not just for you to continue to, like, add another tool to your toolbox, but never actually go out and do any work, which is why next week we're going to talk about evangelism. Right? Because if I just keep adding fancy tools to my tool chest or to my tool belt, but I never go and do anything with them, all they're there for is looking at. They're not there for doing anything. And it's important that we understand the equipping we receive is for us to do something. Amen? Awesome. Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 11 through 13 says this. So Christ himself gave... Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, right? The Lord gave them to the church, right? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up, right? Until we all reach the unity in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, 
attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The reason you have a pastor today isn't to do it for you. The reason you have a pastor today is to equip you to do it. Please understand, that's scripture. You are to be a well-equipped people. That's why the five-fold ministry exists. God raised up apostles and prophets and pastors and evangelists and teachers to equip people for the work of the ministry. And that equipping should come in an ongoing and regular basis when we come together to meet in the church. Not just on Sunday mornings, but also on Wednesday nights and on Fridays. You can't become a well-equipped saint if you only go to church once a week. I mean that in all love. But no one eats one meal a week and considers themselves a nourished individual. No one drinks one glass of water a week and considers themselves hydrated. But so many people come to church once a week and think that's all they need. What they don't realize is it's not enough. You need more. You need more. You need to be together in this place on Wednesdays in the middle of your week when you're facing everything that's going on in the world around you, in your workplace, with your kids in their school environment, in your community, according to what's going on socially with everything in the news and all of that. You need that middle of the week strengthening in the corporate church community life. Because then, when you receive that Sunday morning equipping, when you receive that Wednesday night equipping, when you're here on Friday nights and you're in that place of prayer together in unity, it builds you up in a greater way. You are then a more equipped person. And I fully understand getting here on Wednesday nights is not easy. I get it. I have a six-year-old. <laughs> My wife and I, every Wednesday night, we know what it's going to be like on Thursday morning with our six-year-old because we were up late on Wednesday. But as a whole, we try as much as possible to be in the house of the Lord together so that not only are we being equipped, but our children are being equipped because they're facing things I never had to face at that age. So I want them to be all the more well-equipped. And we have to understand, in that time of equipping, the reason church leadership is there to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry is because every one of you has things the Lord has given you for the work of the ministry. Right? 1 Corinthians makes it... Excuse me, very clear to us in chapter 12 that everyone receives something from the Holy Spirit for the work of the ministry. Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it says, Now to each one, quick question, are you one of each one? Great, thank you, Denny. On behalf of the entire congregation of Bethel, Denny answered Pastor Farrell. <laughs> yes. Everyone in here is one of each one. 
Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? For the common good. Listen, we're about to look at nine gifts of the Spirit. You don't have that gift of the Spirit for yourself. You have that gift of the Spirit for the common good. You're given a gift of the Spirit, not for you. You're given a gift of the Spirit for everyone together. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. Right? To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of healing by that Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, the distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. Right? All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Ladies and gentlemen, every one of you in this room, the Lord has a gift of his Spirit that he wants to be operated in your life on an ongoing basis for the common good. That's being a well-equipped people. And it's my role as a pastor to help you understand and walk out what the Holy Spirit is doing in you so that you are doing the work of the ministry. So that when new people are coming in, they then can also begin to be equipped and built up so that they do the work of the ministry. And so on and so forth down the generations. It's not my role to just be the only one operating in the gifts. It's not my role to be the only one winning the lost. It's our role as a corporate community and body, right? Because scripturally, we are one body. We're one body. We're all united together. And listen, the awesome thing is, when we are one body, and when we're all operating as one body, when someone in the body is hurting, the other parts of the body heal that part. Right? If you have a leg injury, if you're a normal person, and you have a leg injury, you don't dig around in that wound. That's weird. What do you do? No, no, no. You medicate it. You bandage it. You heal it. For what? For the good of the body so that you later don't have to lose a part of the body due to amputation, to to disease and sickness. When as a community, we are operating in the gifts of the Spirit and we are doing things according to the way God designed, then the benefit is for all. The benefit is for all. And listen, there will be people that will benefit from the gifts that the Lord has placed in us that may never be a part of our church. The Lord may put them into another fellowship, but because our gifts aren't just for our church, our gifts are for the church, we have no problem when we lead someone to the Lord and they decide to be a part of another fellowship. We don't take that personally. Why? Because we're one body. But we celebrate when the gifts are operating in a way that leads people to become a part of the body. Our church will grow. 
I have zero doubt of that in any way, shape, or form. I totally believe we're going to see people getting saved and families coming in and marriages being restored and people being set free from addiction and people being healed. I believe all of those things. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is present in this place. And people want to be where God is. Right? Along the way, there are things that we will do that will improve that overall experience. Right? When as a community, we don't expect every guest to be greeted just by the pastor. But when we see someone new and we go, oh, they're new. I'm going to go say hi. And we go and greet them as a body. What happens? It builds all of us up. It builds all of us up. But when we're expecting just the pastor or leader to do everything and to be the only one to do it, it doesn't build us up. Right? Why? Because we're not actually operating as a whole body. Right? We're expecting one part of the body to be everything. The hand can't be a foot. Right? The eye can't be a mouthpiece. No, but when each part is doing what God designed for it to do, the whole body is blessed. And that is being a well-equipped people. When all of us are flowing, listen, your gift may be prayer, then pray until you wear out your knees and lose your voice and your tear ducts go dry. Pray. Your gift may be hospitality. Then be so generous and so hospitable to those that you cross paths with. Your gift may be giving. Your gift may be the discerning of spirits, right? Your gift may be words of wisdom or words of knowledge. Listen, flow in that gift on a day-to-day -day basis, not just when you're in here on Sundays and Wednesdays, right? The gifts, when we come together as one church, there should be the gifts present. There should be the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because this room is filled with people who are walking with God. But when you're in the aisle way at Walmart and you feel like the Lord wants you to share something with a total stranger, that's actually when your gift is in greater operation. Right? That's when your gift is in greater operation. Why? Because that's the point at which the Lord is using you to grow the body. When we're together in here, I love our worship. And I, I love our worship because you can tell, as a community, we love to exalt the Lord. I love greeting each other and, and being joyful together, even when we're going through difficult things, because we love encouraging one another. I love seeing the hand of God be made known and people to lives to be touched and changed with, with the manifestation of the gifts. I love all of that. But church family, I expect that on Sundays. If we come into this place and we haven't encountered the Lord, we missed something. In all honesty, we missed something. Because every time we come together, the Holy Spirit is in this place. Because where two or more are gathered, the Lord is with them. And so when we come together and the Lord is here, we should be anticipating 
people leaving behind lives of addiction. We should be anticipating marriages being restored. We should be anticipating new people becoming believers and joining the family of God. We should be anticipating healing and the touch of God because the gifts are in this place. But we can't expect all of that to just be solely on the pastor or leader because then the body is not being the body. Who knows? But that you're stopping to chat with someone in the foyer on your way in this morning, when you gave them a simple greeting and shared something that was on your heart for them, who knows but that that might not have been a word of wisdom or knowledge. When you felt the Lord speaking to you about someone's child who's away from God and you went and shared that with them, who knows but that that might not be something prophetic about what God's doing in that person's life. That's being the body of Christ. But it can't just be from what you hear from your pastors and leaders, right? Because let's say you are a tremendous church-attending Christian, right? Like, let's say you're like Matt. I'm going to use Matt as an example, right? Let's say you're like Matt. You're here every Sunday and every Wednesday, right? And you're awesome at that, and you're faithful in that right? That means between that Sunday and that Wednesday, you're getting about 45 minutes of equipping in each of those meetings, right? Because there's worship time, there's offering, there's prayer, there's announcements. That might not be equipping you. But let's say that you get 45 minutes of equipping on Sunday morning, and you get 45 minutes of equipping on Wednesday night. You take those, put them together, that's 90 minutes, if you have 90 minutes of equipping in a 52-week year, and I'm talking, you're an excellent Christian. If you attend every Sunday and every Wednesday all year, if you get 90 minutes of equipping in a 52-week year, do you know that you have gotten 4,680 minutes of equipping? Seems like a lot, right? You're like, wow, well, I'm a, I'm a well-equipped Christian, right? But then if you divide that, right, by 60 minutes in an hour, you realize that's only 78 hours. You've received 78 hours of equipping, and you're like, well, that still seems pretty solid, but if you divide that by a 24-hour day, do you realize in a 365-day year, you've only been equipped three days? That's 1%. You've received 1% equipping out of the year, which is why, as believers... We can't just solely look unto the leadership of the church to be the ones that equip us, but we have to look at what? Number two, at the word of God. Because you are equipped from scripture. The word of God must also be an area that you are equipped and that you grow, right? You need the scriptures, and that's my second point this morning, right? Is you are equipped from Scripture, right? And if you look at Scripture, it says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all Scripture is God-breathed, right? All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You need the word of God in a regular and ongoing basis in your life to equip you. 
to be a good Christian, to equip you to stand strong in the Lord. Because unfortunately, as a pastor, if you're only relying on that Sunday morning and on that Wednesday night to be your sole area of equipping, there may be areas where I fall short on providing a broader equipping in different areas that you might need. But you know what's so awesome is you have the living word of God. And the living word of God helps equip you for the work of the ministry. If you have questions about how God views sexuality, you can open his word and his word will show you what God believes because all scripture is God-breathed. If you have questions about raising your kids, open the word of God. Just look at Proverbs, right? A proverb a day alone will help equip you better. If you're struggling and you wonder what the Lord says about depression or fear, read the Psalms and be equipped from the living word of God. And so we have leadership in the church to equip us. We also have the word of God to equip us. And we have to be students of the word of God. I mean this in the most loving way. Don't let your only Bible be a digital Bible. Right? Because it's limiting. It's limiting. Because in a digital Bible, you only see specifically what's on that screen in front of you. But when you have a paper Bible in your hands, especially any good study Bible, there's stuff in the margin in the middle. There's things at the bottom that can take you on a journey all over the original and New Testament to show you the greater picture of Scripture. So don't just allow your Bible reading to be a digital screen. No, no, no. Have a paper Bible that you can look at, that you can look in the, the margins, you can look in the index, you can look in the concordance, and you can study the Word of God. Because it's hugely important for us in this day not to be able to say, when someone comes to you and says, why do you believe this pertaining to this area of sexuality, and go, what's what my pastor says? You need to be able to say, I believe it because it's what the Bible says. Because church family, the Bible has stood the test of time. There is no more scrutinized book than the Bible, and it's still going strong. <laughs> right? It's still the number one seller worldwide. Right? It's still the most referenced book. Right? When, when the pandemic was going on, and people were being shut in. Do you know there was more scripture looked up digitally than there was scientific stuff? Why? Because people were looking to a source that they believed could give them hope. And the scientific world is constantly changing. The word of God has been the same for generations. And what worked then still works now. So we need it all the more in our lives. And at times, it's good to get different translations of the Bible and look at them side by side. A lot of times, I predominantly read either NIV or ESV. Those are kind of my two go-to. They're very different. But I also love to get the Amplified Bible 
and Leah beside that and look at a verse-to-verse comparison to see the way the Amplified Bible brings out and enhances some of those Greek and Hebrew words. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that's what that was saying. I'm still learning and growing. And I've been doing this for a long time. But I'm continually being equipped by God's word. Right? So we're equipped from the church. We're equipped from the scriptures. And third... We're equipped from the Lord. The Lord himself equips us. Do you know that's why someone can answer an altar call in church? Someone can come down front having that impression on their heart that they need to get saved. And they come and answer an altar call, let's say Easter. Easter's next month, right? Resurrection Sunday is next month. Let's say a young man answers the altar call on Resurrection Sunday, comes forward and gives his life to the Lord. It's so interesting to me that without anyone telling that person what they need to do, oftentimes you will see they realize they shouldn't use drugs, they shouldn't continue cursing, you know, and and using inappropriate language, they shouldn't continue sexual immorality, but no one has told them that. Why all of a sudden did they know that? Because the Lord was equipping them. The Lord begins speaking to them in a way that begins to change their life. So that then alongside that, they can come into the church and be equipped. But Hebrews tells us about that equipping. Right? Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21 says this, Now may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. Hold on a second. God's the one equipping us with good to do his will. Not our will, his will. The God of peace equips us to do his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus, to whom be the glory forever and ever. The Lord does a work in us. The longer I follow the Lord, the less worldly I become. It's unbelievably difficult now for my wife and I to find things on TV that we are willing to watch. Why? Because 97% of it, the Spirit of God in us, is just not okay with anymore. Why is that? It's because for years the Lord has been equipping me with everything good to do His will. And as a leader, that level of equipping and the Holy Spirit in me just keeps ratcheting things up to where what I used to be okay with, I'm not okay with anymore. And it's the Lord doing that in me. There are times the Word does it, but largely now it's not just solely the Word anymore, it's the Lord whispering in my ear, go back, go back and adjust that. Don't don't go there, don't do that, don't say that, be careful with that. Why? Because the Lord is continually equipping me to be like Jesus. He was the perfect example. 100% flesh and blood, completely filled with the Holy Spirit that lived a sinless life as an example for me. 
And as I grow closer to him, being more like him gets easier. Right? Because it's an example of a marriage. Scripturally, right, Ephesians tells us Christ and the church is an example of a husband and a wife. You ever see people that have been married a long time? They just start to be more and more like each other. Have you noticed that? Right? They start to look like each other more. They start to talk like each other more. Right? Why? Because literally over time, that being together causes them to be more like each other. Do you know it has been scientifically proven that when the skin cells of your face die, they regenerate in the form of the thing they see the most. Scientifically proven. When the skin cells of your face, that's literally why couples that have been married 50s and 60 years start to look like each other. Right? For some couples in this room, you just gave your spouse the most horrified look. (laughs) Whichever of you thinks you're the prettier one, let's hope you're the one changing your spouse. Right? The same way we're changed by Jesus as the more perfect one, right? In your marriage, you hope you're the one changing your spouse. It's okay. We're all there. But in all genuineness, right, you become like what you behold. You are equipped greater to be like what you are most around. And the more you're in the word of God, the more your heart burns for the things God's heart heart burns for. The more you're in a personal relationship in the Lord in worship and in prayer, the more you're like the Lord. I think it was Wednesday night after church driving home, my wife texted me and said, "Um, be careful around this particular part of the highway because there was a man there that was wandering in the highway and I think he was on, on drugs. And my heart immediately went out to like, I was like, oh, Lord. But you know what's so wonderful? She texted me like maybe 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later, and said, our oldest daughter just came in the room and said to my wife, Mom, I believe that man was demonized because he didn't have light in his eyes. And I thought, that's the Lord already equipping my 10-year-old, Right? She already is flowing in the things of the Spirit. She prophesied her little sister by name, right? She's like had encounters with the Lord in her dreams. And now here she is seeing something like that and her heart is moved. Why? Because the Lord is equipping her even over and above what my wife and I are trying to equip her. But I can't tell you how often I go into her bedroom and she's fallen asleep with her Bible in her bed beside her. I never ask her to do that. It's her choice. Like she wants to be in the word of God at 10 years old. She wants to be growing in her walk with the Lord. There have been different times where she'll come to me on a Friday night and go, God, you know, I feel like God's specifically asked me to pray over this person or that person. And I'll go, do it, do it. And she'll say, I feel like this person needs a healing. And I'll go pray for that, right? I'm unashamed to fan that flame in her so that she's well equipped to do the work of the Lord. I've shared with you before, my family's multi-generation spirit-filled. My daughter's already filled 
with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I genuinely believe in gifting and in anointing, she'll surpass my wife and I. Because the blessing of the Lord flows down generationally, right? And so for us as a people, we want to be well-equipped to do what the Lord's called us to do, not just here at Bethel, but in our homes and in our community and in our workplace. We want to be a well-equipped people to do the work of the ministry so that people's lives are touched and changed. Not for us to get a notch on our belt, not for us to get a, a clap on the back and a, and a way to go, buddy, but for the Lord to get the glory. For the Lord to get the greatness that's due his name. And that comes when we walk in our equipping. Amen? Matt, would you just come back to the keys for me? I just want to have everyone stand with me this morning. You may be in this place this morning and you may not know yet what your gift is. You may not know yet what, what uh, particular thing the Holy Spirit wants to flow out of you. And the, gift isn't, the gifts aren't limited to just what we saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. There's also a list of gifts in the book of Romans and other places in Scripture talks about the gifts of the Lord. It's not so much about the particular gift. It's about the giver. And for you to be a well-equipped people, you have to get in relationship with the Lord. But then the outflow of that is you have to step out to do the things you feel like the Lord's asking you to do. And in just a minute, I'm going to pray over you that you would begin to know the Lord in a personal way for your gifts to be stirred up and made known in you, to you, and through you. But listen, church family, the Holy Spirit could tell you today, the Lord's given you the gift of wisdom. The Lord's given you the gift of healing. And if you don't ever do anything with that, it doesn't do any good to have that gift. Right? I equate it like this. Someday when we get to visit the nation of Israel, you'll get to see. There is water that flows down out of the mountains into what is known as the Sea of Galilee. It's beautiful. Teeming with life. Fish everywhere. It's beautiful. Breathtaking at times. And that same water that flows from the mountains and into the Sea of Galilee flows out of the Sea of Galilee and down the river. And then it flows somewhere else. The Dead Sea. The same water from the mountains that brings life into the Sea of Galilee dies in the Dead Sea. And do you know why? Because all of that life that flows in, it has no outlet to flow out. So everything that flows in dies there because it has nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. And so there's no life there. Because you see, it's so salinic, right? It's so salty. It's almost like jello. It's weird. But it's that way because there's no water flowing out. Because if there was, it would turn over that salinity and eventually balance it. And so the same water that brings life to the Sea of Galilee dies in the Dead Sea. As a church, 
as a people of God, I want us to be like the Sea of Galilee. I want from the mountains of God, from the word of God, from the presence of God for life to flow into us. And then I want for us in obedience to let life flow out of us. I don't want you to be a people that just come in week after week after week after week and hear sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon and never go and do anything with what you've heard. Because everything that has flown into you to equip you will die in you if it doesn't have an outlet. We are equipped to be a blessing. We are equipped to be a body. We're not just equipped for our own gain. We're not just equipped for our own profit. There are times equipping is to our gain and to our profit. If you're struggling in a particular area, the Lord will give you equipping to help with that. But beyond that, that equipping is given through you for others. Whether it's coming from the church experience, from the word of God, or from the Lord directly. When the Lord whispers to you to step out in your equipping, there has to be obedience for there to be life and growth and health and all of those things. And so if you would just hold out your hands with me this morning and I wanna pray over you. Lord, I pray over every person here this morning. Lord, if they are new, if this is their first time visiting us here at Bethel, Lord, you knew they would be here this morning. And this message is also for them. But Lord, if there's someone who's been here for generations, this message is also for them. And so I pray over each and every one that they would be a well-equipped people. That they would take what they hear on Sundays and Wednesdays. They would take the word of God. They would take personal encounter and they would go out, Lord, and use it for your kingdom to see new names written in the Lamb's book of life, to see families restored, to see bondages broken, to see healing break forth, to see needs provided for, that they would allow that life of God to flow in them, to them, and through them. That this would be a house filled with testimonies because you've made yourself known. So help us, Lord, to be the body. And for each and every one here today, if they don't know what their gifts are, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would speak to them. I pray that you would stir them today, tomorrow, this week, that they would begin to feel that pull of your Holy Spirit towards the gift you've given. Because everyone here today, Lord, is a gifted son or daughter of God. And we thank you for that right now. And so, Lord, I bless this community today. I ask that you would shine on us in the way that only you can, Lord. I ask that you would give us peace that passes understanding and that you would draw us close to you. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, before you go, if you want additional prayer for anything,